0: Hello, everyone. This is Grad School Grad, a podcast about graduate public policy and international relations programs in the United States. I myself am a recent graduate of a public policy program and a longtime education watcher. Today, I want to talk about public policy graduate school rankings. And I want to discuss this because the The golden ranking for a lot of people is the U.S. News and World Report's uh, rankings for either public policy analysis or public affairs schools, uh, graduate schools. And, you know, I find this ranking to be, in many ways, somewhat misinforming. And the key reason behind this is that you have to understand how this ranking is put together. It's essentially a beauty contest among people in academia to rank their peer schools. And the problem when you have academics rank each other is that they focus on certain academic-minded things. Um, a good chunk of it is in terms of academic output, um, who they know or favor in certain academic institutions, um, Sometimes, you, know, sometime, you know, reputation does come into play. And the reason why that's a little bit problematic is that for someone who's, you know, interested in being a graduate student at a public policy school or a public policy s- school student, um, and d- d- they want to know uh, what helps with the student experience and student outcomes. Now, I, as an, if I was an employer, I would really be interested in what... Rankings that shed light on uh, the quality of students um, that were job ready that each school came out with, and the problem is that um, there's not that the U.S. news rankings don't directly really capture that. They don't really take into consideration uh, career outcomes, um, student experience reviews, or how employers uh, reviews students of certain schools for a recruiting of jobs. Um, and the interesting thing is that other rankings, other type of rankings for other schools do consider that. But for whatever reason, the U.S. News for Public Affairs programs just doesn't. So given how problematic the U.S. News rankings are, I think it's still good to know uh, just how you should think about schools in terms of rankings. Um, and then maybe from more perspective of um, cr- career career potential, outcomes for competitive careers. So I want to share my perspective of how I think about public policy schools in that respect. First of all, I don't, I think it's silly to come up with a pure ranking system, one through whatever, just because at a certain point, um, some, some schools are very close to each other. I think I think it also it just makes sense to think about more in terms of tiers, and I want to highlight is that when I think about policy schools in terms of tiers, I think about them very broadly, and there's lots of exceptions out there. Um, if if someone's interested in a very niche policy area, or even doesn't have to be very niche, just a little bit niche policy area, there's are certain schools that rise right to the top based on a policy area. Um, sometimes regional considerations for career opportunities might come into account. But just thinking big picture, broadly competitive uh, op- policy career opportunities, how should someone think about the schools out there? So this is how I think about it. Um, tier 1. In my opinion, the Tier 1 uh, policy graduate programs is Harvard Kennedy School. And Princeton's, uh, Princeton's Policy International Relations School. That's, I believe that's a call that they call it now, now that it's no longer Woodrow Wilson. So why is it, are these two tier one? Essentially, it, it's the best, uh, shot to go for the most competitive career opportunities. And what do I mean by most competitive career opportunities? I mean, top flight think tanks like Brookings. If you want to go for MBB roles McKinsey, BCG, Bain um, if you want to be a White House staffer um, for when there's an administration that's highly competitive, those are your top roles in which it's arguably you have the best shot coming from these two schools and also more unique uh, career options that recently come about like startups or t- uh, tech um, coming with a policy group from these schools um, you're you're very well positioned. I would say a s- average or standard um, job outcome, which is really really good by the way, uh, from these schools would be uh, presidential merit fellowship or the the Lloyd Government Ops. So I would say you know that's the average caliber of a career outcome. Let, let me clear. There's lots of career, other career options out there, I just want to highlight some competitive ones that i see people from these two places get. The next tier, I call it tier 1.5. And the reason why I do a 0. .5 and not a two is it's this. Uh, tier 1.5 schools are ones where the tier one opportunities are accessible. It's just that the students are just going to have to, on average, work a little bit harder for them. Um, some more networking that's needed, there might be a need for internal referrals, um, or just just putting uh, putting your feet to the pavement and just finding the right opportunities to tell a convincing story to get in and I mean it's just there're just more barriers a lot of times. so I would say the two schools most easily. That can fit in this category are, uh, University of Chicago Harris and Columbia SIPA. Um, I think you can make a pretty good argument for UC Berkeley Goldman, Carnegie Mellon Hines, and University of Michigan Ford. Um, and maybe, uh, Duke Terry Sanford. So, yeah, you know, to, to some, I had essentially seen s- students, not as many, but it happens, from these schools get essentially those top top jobs. And, again, I would say PMF, Deloitte Government Ops, can also be pre-standard. <clears throat> so, moving on, it's Tier 2. So, for Tier 2, um, what was essentially standard or or average, slightly above average at tier one or one point five school, is uh, a, a top win. So presidential merit fellowship, the Lloyd Government Ops, that's uh, you're, you're hitting like at the, at least the thirty percentile, forty percentile at the tier two schools. Um, and the th- Brookings as a think tank. It's, it's just more difficult to get Your, the think tank that's more plausible to land at is like something like Mathematica, maybe Urban Institute on the top end. Um, scholarships like the born, born scholarship or born program. It's doable, but that's for the, that would be a good opportunity. Um, every now and then I see someone tier two land a tier one opportunity. Um, but usually there's very interesting, extenuating circumstances. It's, Lots of internal referrals, um, uh, de- sometimes a second masters, sometimes a family association, uh, things like that. Now, these schools are, that I've seen are USC Price, George Washington Trachtenberg, NYU Wagner, uh, Syracuse, uh, Indiana Bloomington, and Georgetown McCourt. Then there's tier three. Um, Tier three is something where the top opportunity, so something for the top 10% or or so, would be something like Presidential Merit Fellowships or Deloitte Government Ops. Um, And you know, in my opinion, these tier three schools are actually amazing for, can be amazing for uh, local and state jobs. and I just want to highlight local and state jobs sometimes pay better and have better work-life balance than some of the more prestigious jobs out there. I, I mean, I'm assuming it's possible for a tier three school student to land a, what I call like a top tier one job, but I haven't seen it. I haven't heard of it. And, and, and just as an aside, I'm not going to say these tiers and classifications are absolute. I just, been a big watcher of uh, and of where you know how these public policy graduate programs roll what are students matriculate to having been in the program myself really involved in the space I've seen a lot of students kept in touch with a lot of students still still keep in touch with a lot of student population and follow where to go I see trends you now I, I don't know everything but I, I have a general strong idea what's going on so Yes, these tier three schools would be something like um, UVA, Batten or American University, SPS. Um, but potentially, uh, I mean, I would say very strongly so, and that would be like UGA's PUG policy program. UGA's PUG policy program is probably in between tier three, in between tier three and two. Um, so. You know, I, I think, you know, just having an understanding of these three tiers is just, a, is a very good grounding on thinking about, uh, the competitive, uh, policy, gra- graduate policy programs out there. Now, again, I do want to emphasize once again that there are a lot of exceptions out there. I had mentioned one type of exception, which is by, uh, policy area. Um, you know, Prime example, if you are into environmental policy, there are certain schools that all of a sudden that makes a lot more sense, that uh, really defeats uh, the tiering setup I just talked about. Um, The other example are that there are some schools I've seen, much newer, uh, who have employed very interesting, in my opinion, very interesting higher education strategies. So a good example would be Cornell Brooks Policy School. I think it's only, like, almost a year old, if not that. And the reason why I think it's interesting is that in terms of student outcomes, I've really seen, like, a very extreme range. Um, I see that they go after some really smart people, some military veterans, uh, with really great scholarships, and really, you know, between the quality students they are or whatever they do, they really landed competitive i would say tier tier 2 even tier 1.5 level good jobs but you know on the other end there's a long tail of tier 3 uh like like the average being uh, or or a lot of people having tier 3 level career outcomes um so i mean i think that's just a more unique situation um and you have you know, people have to look at it one by one uh, or see how this, the school fits them in their situation. I'm sure there's lots of other exceptions out there. But um, with the understanding this is not perfect, I think it just gives a very good structure to think about um, for um, most, more, most specifically American students, how to think about uh, the graduate policy school options out there in the U.S., uh, Alright. Hope this is helpful. If you have any questions, comments, feel free put out there. I, I'm just trying to be as helpful as I can, uh, to all the, those interested in policy graduate programs out there. Alright. Take care.